0: And welcome back to Sources and Sinks. The OWASP Benchmark Project is an OWASP initiative designed to help measure the accuracy of security scanners. But what does that even mean? Today, we talked to Alok Shukla, VP of Product Management at ShiftLeft, about what the benchmark score of a product means and how you could evaluate a security scanner's accuracy. So welcome back to the podcast, Alok. Today, we're here to talk about the OWASP Benchmark Project. So first, can you first tell us what is benchmarking in general and what is the benchmark score of a tool?
1: In the field of application security where uh, this conversation is happening specifically, the benchmarks uh, have traditionally not existed apart from one. Uh, so we have OWASP benchmark project, which is a uh, which is a non-profit dog uh, who has set up this benchmark project. And what it does is that it measures the efficacy or technology claims and accuracy of any of various kind of static code analysis vendor as of now. So that's that's what the benchmark is. And benchmark score essentially is a number that measures a tool's ability to detect as many vulnerabilities as possible while uh, not confusing the users with a lot of false positive which ones are incorrect findings.
0: Mm-hmm. So, can you tell us more about the OWASP benchmark process and how it's how it actually calculates the efficacy of a tool?
1: So benchmark can help you. So I, I would I would like to kind of say that at the very outset. OS benchmarking is one way to measure efficacy or accuracy of a tool. But please remember that for a user or for a customer, this is not the be all and end all of uh, evaluating a vendor for code analysis. So for example, you might also want to see the code analysis in terms of, does it improve the security posture of the ap- applications overall? Of course, the score gives you an indication, but there are more things to it. For example, can you ensure that the uh, this analysis can happen earlier in the development cycle so that you can measure issues very early and developers can fix those issues rather than happening at the late of the cycle. And even if you find issues, do you also provide remediation option? Can you guide developers that how to fix those issues that you are discovering? So uh, there are many things, but your question, uh, if you can repeat your question, sorry, I just want to ensure that I'm not losing track of the original question.
0: Mm-hmm. So the question that I asked was that how does benchmarking application and how does the OWASP benchmark actually tells you whether a security tool is good or not, and um, how does that play into the decision of when you're choosing a tool?
1: Okay, so I, I think I, I I think I talked about how when users can choose a vendor for their code analysis need. But I'm now going to focus on what's an OS benchmark app. So OS benchmark app is a Java application uh, that has been delivered uh, or developed by the OS foundation or OS group. This Java application contains thousands of vulnerability from 11 specific categories. And they also include the very nuances of the code pieces, like uh, which are indirect calls, some unreachable branches, use of reflection, et cetera. OS Benchmark actually provides a script to trigger all the test cases um, so that uh, it's it's easier that way for any end user or any vendor to use it. However, you would have to do some part yourself. After invoking the script, you would have to have a vendor who basically analyze the application um, and then correlates the results of that application with the benchmark. And by this combined process, I'm just trying to simplify that, by that combined process, it, it will generate a score, or it will generate a lot of files in which one of the files it will generate a score. That score is actually a composite of how much correct findings that a tool was able to determine, subtracted by how many wrong findings or false positive the tool was detecting. And the end result is what is called benchmark score. In technical term, it is called as the true positive score, which is how many actual vulnerabilities the tool was able to find, minus false positive score, which means how many incorrect findings the tool detected. And the difference of this is what is called as the benchmark score. I hope I was able to provide uh, how it works and what the score is. Does that Mm -hmm. answer your question?
0: Yeah, so just making sure that I'm understanding you correctly, the benchmark benchmark project is basically a repository of vulnerabilities or false positive vulnerabilities that are marked with um, either their true positives or false positives. Then you run a tool against the benchmark project, you can see how many of those true positives that the tool identified, as well as how many of the false positives the tool excluded.
1: Yes, essentially, uh, that's another way of seeing that tool. But uh, essentially, I mean, vulnerability is nothing but uh, an ability to exploit an application uh, where you have unsecured inputs and you have access to a resource and there is nothing for you to prevent between that. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, yes, benchmark application provides you a lot of true uh, vulnerabilities that actually exist. And then there are, of course, uh, vulnerabilities that seemingly are, looks like vulnerability, but they're actually not. And yes, mm-hmm. that, that's the, the difference of the true positive minus false positive is your OS benchmark score.
0: Right. Are there any things that the benchmark doesn't measure in terms of a SaaS tool's accuracy Um, Can you think of any important metrics that people should also consider when they're selecting a security solution besides the benchmark score?
1: Actually, benchmark, uh, of course, does not measure a lot of things. It does not measure speed. It does not measure uh, how easy the tool is to use. But from a specific perspective, because benchmark essentially currently, to the best of my understanding, works only for a static analysis tool. Uh, And... In that sense, Benchmark does not focus on the dynamic approaches of the code. Uh, So there is no way to identify whether this, a specific piece of the code is actually going to fire in the runtime or not in many of the cases. It's very focused on Java. So if you are a Java developer or uh, something in the Java family, this can give you a sense of how good the tool is, but it does not measure. Some of the modern languages like uh, JavaScript or or let's like say Scala or uh, uh, some other popular languages like Python. And score is an average uh, score across 11 categories. It does not give you a sense uh, that which particular area the tool was more powerful than others. So, for example, you might score 100% score in few categories, and there are other vulnerability categories that you don't know. So, the tool is not going to tell you. tool actually uh, is focused on the the static code analysis tool to be powerful in most categories rather than one or two. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. But besides these shortcomings, the OWASP benchmark is basically one of the best bets that we have of measuring a security tool's accuracy.
1: I would say it is right now the only thing that is possible. There are some other uh, capabilities like uh, juliet test cases uh, but however they're also not standardized and they have the same gaps in the sense that they're only focused on java somehow java has become the centerpiece of all evaluation um, so this i wouldn't say it is the best i'm saying i would say it is the only one that is available to us
0: mm-hmm. so how are these other test cases designed are there any different than the benchmark or are they just like a smaller test case
1: so actually, the, as I said, nobody else has the capability to define a benchmark. You, having said that, there are Julia test cases that are run by some of the experts to understand how good the tool is, uh, but that there is nothing standardized around there.
0: Gotcha, okay. And sh- I know that ChefLov recently ran its own tool, the of Core against the OWASP benchmark. Can you tell us what that process entailed and how vendors and AppSec engineers typically benchmark their own security solutions?
1: I will take the last uh, part of your question first. Uh, AppSec engineers generally do not have uh, ability to evaluate any tool. Uh, The primary reason is that uh, the way the benchmark uh, tool is working, it needs a mapping to a vendor's tool. And uh, if if for few of the people who are able to actually are that level of expert where they can correlate categories coming in from the benchmark tool with the, with the vendor's assessment of how those uh, vulnerability categories are defined, only then you would be able to expertly use the benchmark in whatever setting you want to. So it's not a simple straightforward process and that is used by a lot of vendors to just announce the result, but they actually do not give anything to the end user for them to validate on their own. Mm-hmm. And this is what uh, ShiftLeft uh, tried to break through. We generally believe that any kind of a claim or uh, made by any vendor should be provable on its own term by the user validating it in their own comfort. It should not be something of a mirage for an end user to figure out what, what is the efficacy of a tool, uh, especially in terms of the standard benchmarks. So in that sense, what we did was that ShiftLab being a SaaS tool, uh, we uh, provided or implemented our workflow where you can do on clickboard, onboarding or analysis for any most types of apps for users. So in this case, when a user clicks on a... Uh, we actually have OS Benchmark app as one of the demo apps. So you can just simply go on to our tool and essentially uh, just click on this the OS benchmark, and once you do that, it will automatically set up everything else like forking the repo into your repositories, uh, invoking the code analysis uh, process and followed by the benchmark scripts and interpretation of the results and sending you an email. So essentially the end of uh, this process would be that you will receive an email in your email box and uh, you will see that what is the result and it will also point you back to uh, what were the scores generated uh, or if you want to get into the details of the oans benchmark scores. So that's what we have done. And our score uh, currently is around 74.5%. It uh, is 100% uh, true positive score minus around 25.5 false positive score. So that's our current score. Uh, please please uh, understand, I'm just saying that for the benefit of the audience, we continue to uh, keep moving our policies uh, to benefit the customer. So sometimes the score will move up and down by a quarter of a point or a half a point up or down. So uh, that kind of variation is uh, perfectly normal. But I hope I answered your question.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I understand like a lot of vendors actually tune their tool to uh, achieving a better score on the benchmark instead of what actually benefits the, the tool's customers.
1: You know, they, they will do and that's why that is important for end users to have that transparency. So in our case, uh, we have put OS benchmark as a standardized demo app. So what you see is what you get. Look, So you will be able to analyze all of the apps exactly in the same format. So if you are getting the results on OS benchmark, you will see the similar type of results on any other app. So uh, that's the kind of transparency shift left at we at Shiftlet are trying to achieve.
0: Mm-hmm. So if uh, any of the, our listeners would like to validate Shiftleft scores how would they do that and where should they go to actually validate that claim
1: That's a great question. So any of your users can simply go to shiftleft.io when you reach uh, the website there is a link where you can create your own account by clicking on a free user of free account and once you click on that you will uh, get into an automated process that will lead you uh, where you can find that OSP benchmark app, and uh, you just have to click on this and to invoke the analysis, and it will do the rest, and you will receive an email. So it's pretty easy. Uh, there is nothing we ask for in terms of uh, asking for anything special. There is no credit card. We ask you just can create your account and validate for yourself. You don't require any human intervention. Everything is transparent to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So, going back to the seventy-five percent score that you claim, can you tell us about how we should interpret the results and what it tells us about shift left tools' strength and weaknesses?
1: So, any benchmark score uh, is has two components. I talked about it has true positive score and the false positive score. the The capability of any tool is that while it is attempting to find more and more accurate result it should not increase its false negative false positive score what it means is that while you are finding the accurate findings you should not have be trying to find a lot of issues that are actually not issues which we call as false positives and that's the challenge so I have seen personally come across at a lot of tools. I have seen their evaluation; The tools will score like a true positive score of 86%, which means they identify 86% of the vulnerabilities. But then at the same time, their false positive score would be like 55%, which means while they were trying to do that, they were also finding a lot of vulnerabilities that are actually not vulnerabilities. And that's the problem. And so in case of shift left, we actually have a true positive score of 100%. That's important. But what's more important is that we achieve that score while having just 25% false positive score. That's very powerful because most of the issues that will be delivered to you, almost 75%, especially in the case of Boas Benchmark, they are the results that you can trust. And it helps you in terms of having your productivity being respected. If you're a developer, if you are looking at the results provided by a vendor, and if there was benchmark score is higher, which means you will, in most likelihood, most of the vulnerabilities that have been discovered are actually trustable. And even if they are false, they are false for very specific issues which are not normally visible to most end users. So that's how you should read the score and that's how it actually benefits you as a developer.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So in your opinion, which component of the score is more important, the true positive or, uh, or the false
1: positives? So look, uh, both of them are important. And I just kind of discussed that. True positive is important because it gives you a sense of what kind of findings that you would be able to find. It's also important that if you are not having good performance in certain categories, that also is discovered by this process. But then the second part is uh, the false positive. As I said, false positive has to be less. If you're finding a lot of good things, but you're also finding a lot of not so good things, which means not valid issues, then you would be wasting the time of the people who are who are going to invest in the issues that you have said that these are important issues and then they waste half of their time uh, just going through the issues and doing and where, where, where they start to lose the trust in the product.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, for sure, for sure. And what's the reason behind this high score achieved by ShiftLeft of the 100% true positive and 25% false positives?
1: Thank you for asking that question. And this is where I, as a product manager, always say, I don't make a claim and I don't like to make a claim that I cannot stand behind. And uh, so all of the good scores and our high scores that uh, are coming out of because because the strength of our technical tool is basically is coming from the power of the technology, which is behind this uh, tool, which is core property graph. And within the core property graph, uh, there are two specific factors that are driving the power of this technology. One of them is a state-of-art data flow tracker, which we have uh, designed, by merging many of the techniques developed and enjoy employed in academia for automatic vulnerability discovery in last uh, one and a half decades. So, and our data flow tracker is interprocedural, flow sensitive, context-sensitive, field-sensitive, and operates on a very sophisticated IR, uh, which we call a semantic code property graph. So that the whole thing is one of a primary reason why we are so comprehensive. But the second thing is that while you can be very big experts in identifying low-level combination, If you are not able to translate that into high-level information flow, for example, there's a thing. Is it a socket of network or is it a HTTP socket? That high-level information is important because that allows you to just the same vulnerability in two different ways. And uh, so especially for high-level programming languages such as Java, it is just not important to track singular uh, data flow between APIs. You need to understand the full high-level flow of information. So without complicating much, there is a lot of power in the concept of core property graph that powers an entire company. And if somebody is interested, they should just visit our site. There are a lot of documentation that is available that describes the unique power of ShiftLeft technology.
0: Mm -hmm. And where should listeners go to learn more about this technology?
1: So they just can go to shiftleft.io. And there's a lot of documentation that is available there on the main website, uh, main page. There are links to there, and you will find code property graph white paper. There are videos. There are videos of the tools, uh, shift left uh, next generation static analysis, also shift left ocular, uh, which are both based on our code property graph technology. And then they are showing that how... uh, that technology is used to find not only OS top 10 vulnerabilities, but also sophisticated business logic vulnerabilities or hard to find malware signs in the code.
0: Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a bit more about the shift left's benchmark challenge, Um, why you're opening up the challenge for everyone and how should our listeners go and test shift claims by themselves?
1: Yeah, I think I just talked about it. So, um, that we have this os benchmark challenge and this challenge is open to everybody you can go to our website and on that website you will see information about uh, this uh, challenge and once you open that page you will see uh, a video where i have uh, tried to describe in less than 2 minutes what the challenge is about how it does it work uh, but then you can simply click on the tool it will uh, walk you through an automated process uh, by which if you don't have an account, you can create an account and then analyze. But if you have an account, you will simply log in and start analyzing a specific benchmark app and the same process apply, which I just described to you.
0: Mm -hmm. And which of tools actually give you a detailed breakdown of the score that was achieved?
1: Yes. So not only, and that's, I would say that is not credited to, us as shift left, it is more credited to the OS uh, benchmarking script that is available as part of the OS app. Through the use of that script, we can generate the individual scores across all 11 categories. And it also gives you uh, information about which rule got triggered uh, successfully and which rule failed uh, miserably.
0: Gotcha. And the listeners should expect a 75% score on the benchmark, correct?
1: Yes. Uh, If you, uh, and in fact, I would say if you do see that score, uh, then please do share this information with your colleagues in your professional environment. But if you don't, and if you see a variation beyond 1%, then please do write to us. Uh, You can write to us at challenge at shiftlove.io where we would like to listen to you and figure out whether there is something that we can do to certify it. And we should try to find out what is the reason why you're not getting the score. But yes, to the short answer is you should expect something around 74%.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much,
1: Alok. Thank you. And thanks for having me on this podcast. Uh, It's always fun talking with you.
0: Thank you for tuning in. You can take ShiftLeft's OWASP benchmark challenge at go.shiftleft.io Slash dash benchmark. And you can write to us at challenge at regarding any questions about the OWASP benchmark challenge. Thank you.